0: Welcome to the Sound of Truth Bible Chat with your host, Brett Morani, where he leads discussion in God's word. Let's join him now. Hey, Brett Morani here with Eric Piment. And we've we've been in Acts 15 last week. I shouldn't say last week. Last episode we were last Bible chat episode, we were in Acts chapter 15, which is such a significant chapter to understand the story of the church and the significance of the new covenant in relationship to the old covenant it's a it's a watermark moment in the history of the church when in this chapter the apostles and the church leadership uh, the christian leadership says you don't have to become jewish to follow jesus that as we talked about the early church was birthed out of judaism it is christianity is the fulfillment of judaism but then it you know was all, god jesus also came for the gentiles god sent jesus for the whole world for god so loved the whole world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that includes the Gentiles. Now, the, the early church that was Jewish struggled with embracing and understanding the Gentiles were also loved by God and could come into the life of the church. And so then became this huge question of, do they have to start adopting all our Jewish habits and traditions and patterns from the Old Testament? Or can they just continue to live a Gentile lifestyle and follow Jesus? In essence, but also at, at, at uh, I don't want to say at risk, but at issue here is the integrity of the gospel itself in terms of what does it take to be saved. We're saved by grace through faith, not by keeping the law. And, and really, it's also helping us answer the question, are we still under the Old Testament law? Or are we expected to obey all, obey all these Old Testament laws?
1: One of the things that Jews are very concerned with and that actually has occurred with the, the book of uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, is the issue of defilement. What is it that makes a person unclean and what pers- is it that makes a person defiled? And God does say in the Old Testament, you must make a difference between the holy and the unholy, between the sacred and the profane, and certain things do defile you adultery, sexual sin defiles you. Touching a dead body or a corpse defiles you. Eating blood defiles you. And there are certain other things that you must therefore do to come for cleansing. And this issue of defilement versus cleansing is is a, is a mentality that God took 2,000 years to build into people's minds so that they are aware that you just don't go through the life blindly in a daze, dazed and confused, as that old song used to say. But instead, you have to come into awareness that certain things actually separate you from God. You know, the Lord's hand isn't short that it can't save, his ear isn't heavy that it can't hear. But your sins have separated you from your gods, and your iniquities have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Not that he can't hear, but that he won't hear because your iniquities and sins actually defile you and separate you. And so they used to say that, oh, well, these external elements, things that you would eat defile you, things that you would touch defile you. Things that you would sit on can defile you. Uh, and so now God is saying the true defilement doesn't come from the external. It comes from the internal. Jesus is saying that things that come out of the heart are what defile a man. And this was the conclusion of the apostles in Acts chapter 15, especially Peter, Paul, and Paul as a missionary who had seen miracles and signs with Barnabas. And then finally, James. Now, this is not James of the famous trio, Peter, James, and John. That was James and John. John. were brothers. And that James, the one who had been with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, the James who had been with Jesus when he raised the daughter of Jairus, that James was executed with the sword in Acts chapter 13. Mm-hmm. And now we're in Acts chapter 15. And this James that we're going to refer to is James who is the half-brother of Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. an author uh, author of the book of James an author of the book of James which is the oldest book in the New Testament we believe at least most scholars do but so in summary, what's the conclusion of the apostles when they're dealing with this question of what are we going to require of the Gentiles when they come to faith? What, what do we tell them as far as their relationship to the Old Covenant?
1: Um, the conclusion of the Gent- of the apostles was this, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and read it from beginning at verse uh, 19. Wherefore, my sentence is, and this is the sentence of James, who was considered one of the leaders— and even though he was a half-brother of Jesus, it wasn't simply his family background because James was not initially a believer. Mm-hmm. James actually was not counted among the believers before Jesus' resurrection because he also was wondered if you know he was just a rabbi that's gone a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the resurrection, he was converted. And he says, my sentence is this, that we don't trouble those who from the Gentiles are now to turn to God, but we write to them that they abstain from the pollutions of idols, from fornications, from things strangled, and from things and from blood. And I think in this case, it doesn't mean from shedding blood. It means from eating blood. And my interpretation is this. The unity of the body is very important. When we say unity of the body, I'm not talking about the physical body or or the unity of the fellowship, the unity of the congregation of of believers, the unity of the assembly of the church. And if we uh, do things which are going to cause other Christians to shy away from us because they really believe that we're defiled— then we need to lay aside what we do in order to maintain that unity. And that's why they told the Gentiles who turned to Christ, don't eat blood, not because it defiles you, but because it causes the other people with a conscience to separate from you. And the principle here is going to be repeated by the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Romans Even though this is James Mm -hmm. talking uh, in Acts chapter, excuse me, Romans chapter 14. Right, Yeah. yeah. That if you have in your own mind a freedom to do something, you need to lay your freedom down so that your brother who has a weaker conscience will not separate from you and so that you won't stumble him. Mm-hmm. And so the goal is not to, is, is to not stumble your brother or your sister. And that's what's given here. If they are drinking blood and eating things that are strangled, which are forbidden by the law, they actually will stumble their other uh, Jewish believer brothers and sisters. And fornication is another major issue that will stumble them and also cause huge division among the Christians. Obviously, as Christians, we want to avoid every every sin, sins of the flesh, and also uh, sins of character. And uh, these are the main areas where uh, division could occur. Mm -hmm. And so he says, my sentence is that we advise them to abstain from these four things. And so in order to seal the deal, they decided to write a letter, sign it with their names, and then take it all the way from Jerusalem, which is in Israel, in Judea, north up to Antioch in Syria and in other parts of the Christian world and carry it forward. And so they wrote the letter, which is described in uh, verse 23. They wrote letters by, after, after this manner, the apostles, the elders, and the brothers all send greetings to those brothers who and the Gentiles, Christian believers, who are in Antioch and in Syria and in Cilicia.
0: So the letter goes forth, and it is, it is a radical letter. Again, we cannot, I think, overemphasize just how significant this was for the future of the church and for the acceptance of the Gentiles and for really laying out the fact that the Christian life is life of grace and that we're now living under the law of love in which this is being addressed. Of course, in this particular case, by I love my brethren enough to set aside what I have freedom to do in order to not cause my brother to stumble. This is applying the law of love.
1: I think so too. I, I don't want them to judge me, and I don't want them to separate from me, even though I could. Let me give you a stupid example, but a real example that Kurt that might my be wife. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> when I was younger, I used to wear a peace sign on my jacket. I bought it, you know. You know, the peace sign is like a. I had some Christian friends who believed that that was a sign of the devil, and they thought it was a sign of a broken cross, and someone had taken a cross turned it upside down and broke both arms of the cross and made it into a devil sign. And uh, so... I love these folks. These were, uh, I considered them like a spiritual mother and mm-hmm. spiritual sisters, even though we weren't related by blood, we were related by the Lord. And uh, so I felt absolutely no conviction about this thing at all, but I knew that they did. And so I deliberately took it off of my jacket and removed it because I didn't want it to cause a stumbling block for them. That's a, a very tiny example, but we shouldn't be doing things that will deliberately cause division in uh, in the body of Christ. And so if you feel like you've got the freedom to do certain things, you know, obviously as, as Christian, you should not be committing any any known sin. But you, uh, if you feel that you have the freedom to do certain things and you're causing your brother to stumble by what you are doing, that I would just say, leave it aside and don't do it. And especially if it's uh, a matter of violating their conscience or causing them not to do things.
0: So let's just close this out by bringing up another example. that It's interesting to me what is absent from this list. They didn't say make sure they keep the Sabbath day holy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Sabbath is not mentioned. This is <laughs> not
0: something that Gentiles practice. They don't say, well, okay, they need to make sure they get circumcised and keep the Sabbath. As you mentioned, I think, in the mm-hmm. previous Bible chat when we were introducing this chapter and this, this topic, that was what was real significant for the jews that the gentiles didn't observe one of them was was circumcision one of them was the sabbath keeping the sabbath and they don't have that on the list mm-hmm. instead they say to them avoid doing these things that will cause your brothers to stumble live by the law of love right
1: right right absolutely and i think in terms of modern application how do i apply this today actually in modern times today we find a kind of reverse situation where people who were gentiles raised as gentile believers are being, I would say, seduced or tempted to come and join uh, Jewish-oriented groups that tells people that they will become a little bit more acceptable to God by now uh, learning to recognize kosher, learning to recognize the Sabbath, and learning to recognize uh, other Jewish laws and ordinances, including head coverings and things like that.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really become uh, quite fashionable and, f- and almost faddish in certain elements of the church today among, among Christians, that is, to start studying and researching. And almost like we can't even interpret the Bible if we, if we don't start observing these Jewish things. We, we're, we're just missing out. And, and for some people, it's just novelty, I think, mm-hmm. um, something new. And, and I think it, it would do well for them to go to Acts 15 and be reminded this is not for us anymore.
1: Yep. Thanks for listening
0: to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth Podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett A. Mirani, 2022.